Happy Easter. It's Sunday. Easter egg hunt. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here. If you're visiting this morning, a special welcome. And I trust that the Lord will bless you. Uh, this is uh, an amazing time of the year when we remember what Christ has done. But the truth is, every single day for a Jesus follower is Easter Sunday. Which means we should have Easter egg hunts every Sunday. I believe. <laughs> I'm going to do something I haven't done, I think, for a long time. I'm going to share a series today. I'm going to preach three different sermons. And I'm going to talk about the stories that I've seen in, in my Easter experience. Um, and trust that God will... At least I might get saved again. But this morning, I would like you to turn with me into your Bibles. If you have one or if you have a device, you're most welcome to use it. Whatever size and shape it might be. Luke chapter 22. I'm going to read from verse 14. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been eager to eat the Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you that I won't eat this meal again until the meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus took a cup. If you don't mind. It was a cup of wine and he gave thanks to it for God. And then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and he gave thanks for, to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples. And he said this, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, we do this every now and then. This, the communion experience is something most of us do. Occasionally we do it at least three or four times in this church as a church family. Um, every now and then you remember to do it around your meal table with your family. And it's so easy for these type of things to become habitual. For us to lose the meaning of uh, a communion time would be to lose the meaning of the resurrection. It would be to lose the meaning of the, the crucifixion. We, we forget very quickly, we get qu very quickly pulled into religious activity but you can see that this all happened just before the crucifixion. After supper, he took another cup of wine. And he said, these guys drank a lot, eh? And he said this, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who will betray me? The disciples began to speak among Imagine that. Imagine. Jesus declares this. He's sitting at the table with Jesus. Picks up the second glass of wine. And he tells them about the new coming. In the hands of Jesus was a cup. The cup of the new covenant. And he picked this cup up and he, and he, and he said to them, And amongst us, sitting here as a friend is someone who will betray me. And what a future lies before that person. 
In Jesus' hand, he held a cup. He picked his cup up and he showed it to his friends, the cup of the new covenant, a cup that he offers us to drink from. It's a cup of promises that he holds before you and myself. The new covenant is a, is a re chosen relationship between God and us, between God and mankind. It's God loving us first. It's us never thinking that we chose God. It's God loving us first. This covenant is a covenant ordered by and according to His promises. A new covenant confirmed that through the sacrificial love and the blood that He shed and His death upon His cross, that this covenant would be sealed. When Jesus mentioned the cup of the new covenant, they knew that from that very moment, their lives would never be the same. That their lives would be filled with the wonders of salvation. That they would be entering into a life of blessing. They would live the blessed lives. And even if they experienced suffering and pain, it would not compare to the eternal hope that was now sealed in and through Jesus Christ. As Jesus mentioned this cup, this new covenant, the words of Jeremiah must have come to their minds. Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah says this, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant. Though I loved them as a husband loves a wife, says the Lord. But this new covenant I will make with my people of Israel in those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. I will write these instructions in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, says the Lord. You should know that the Lord is oh. Lord computers do delete for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already says the Lord here are the four pillars of the new covenant that each of us can enter into each of us who follow Jesus these are reminders of of who we are now in Christ these are the things that assure us these are the things that affirm us these pillars of commitment that God has to each one of us that our sins are forgiven I don't know how often you have thought this thought can God forgive me of the things I have done I don't know how often those thoughts of your life keep going through your mind I don't know about you but my mind my tapes in my mind never switch off I know who I am I know what I have done and some of these tapes are sometimes in full technicolor and I see them right in front of me and I wonder God have you actually forgiven me do I actually deserve such love but you see the covenant that God has made with you and I says this, your sins are forgiven once and forever. It doesn't matter how often you think of your past. It doesn't matter how real your past is to you. Your new reality is that you're forgiven and you're now in a relationship with me that can never, ever be changed. 
I like that. I like that about God. I'm so grateful for that. You know what it says to me? Forgiveness, it says to me, I'm free. I'm free. As much as the reminder keeps going on in my mind, and as often as I do sin, I know this, that I am free. I'm free from the clutches of sin. Not only am I free, that I am new. And every day in Christ is a new day. I'm alive because what Christ has done. One of the other pillars that we see in this covenant that God makes with us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the promises that are fulfilled, the promises that we saw from this prophetic statement from Jeremiah is that of reconciliation. Not only reconciliation back to God, but right standing with God. I've had countless conversations with people over the years about I'm never good enough. I'll have to, I have to prove myself to God. I don't know if I am right with God. And the constant thing of, but what if, and what about me, and, and, and on and on go the questions and the doubt. But God said that we, through His covenant, would not only be forgiven, but that we'd be reconciled to Him, that He will be our God. And that we are reconciled to Him, not only that, that we are in right standing with God. Do you know what that means? Right standing with God doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean excellent. It means right with God. We do not deserve it. We cannot earn it. But His reckless love has made us right with Himself. If we did a, if we did a, I did this a number, Ross reminded me if we did this in this auditorium this morning, and I got some of you to stand on that side of the auditorium, and some of you to, in the middle and on the right, and, and this auditorium would be a continuum, uh, a line, and on that side over there, sorry to say this, on the couch, they're really bad, I'm not too sure, how are you feeling? The forgiveness of God is for you. I, I, I don't know if I could ever be right with God. My sins are too overwhelming. In the middle of somewhere, you know, I think I'm okay. I'm better today than I was yesterday. And maybe on this wall, those of you who think that you are 100% right with God, where would you stand? Without having to do anything about it. Well, you see, history has proven in this illustration that most people tend to go to that wall. But the truth is, we should all be crowding around that wall because through Christ, we are made right with God. We do not deserve it. It does not make sense. And the tapes keep playing very loudly in our minds. But through Christ, you and I, this covenant promise, we're in right standing with God. That's great news. What an Easter gift. I believe it's like the return of intimacy to the generation story where we were created to be in a relationship with God and we chose to go our own way like wicked people, like sheep who've gone astray, like men and women of madness we choose. We think our choices of right and wrong are right. And the instructions of God are wrong. But God's instructions and His promises to us are right. And the choices we make in truth are wrong. And so God brings us back through His Son, reconciles us back to Himself in a relationship that can never, ever be broken. So Jack, you can sin as much as you want. And I know Jack, and I know, and Sue has told me how much he sins. But with God, it makes no difference. It doesn't make sense, does it? But with God, it doesn't make sense. With God, it makes sense. With us, it doesn't make sense. It's a relationship 
it's a cup that he asked us to. You want to drink this cup? This cup of the new covenant is a cup of promise. It's a life that is beyond anything we could ever imagine. And you know what is the tragedy? So many Jesus followers still do not believe that what they have drunk from this cup is true. God has brought us back to that intimate relationship with Himself. Our original design, God's original plan for our lives. You know, it's called family, sons and daughters. Our true identity, us in Christ. Another pillar that we find in this covenant is that we will live a life empowered, a life empowered by God's Spirit. An inner life empowered by God's Spirit. A faith that is rooted in His unconditional love and God's extravagant grace. Faith. Our relationship, this cup that we drink, this relationship that we have, God, this eternal commitment that God has to us, all He requires from you and me is just faith. Faith. You mean I don't have to do it? No, stand there and just live by faith that what He has done is enough. It's more than enough. And what He has done will keep you until that day. And what God does, He empowers us by, I will write my laws within you. I will change your heart. I'll take your heart that is hard, and I'll crush your heart into a heart that is soft. I'll write my, my law in your heart. You'll become alive from the inside out. And you know as well as I do, we live in a world that believes the other way around. We believe the better I am on the outside, the better I am on the inside. But Jesus says, you're right because of me on the inside, therefore you can live a life from the inside out. And it gets better. Spirit empowered in a life, faith rooted in the unconditional love of God, living not chasing after the presence of God, it's living with the presence of God in you. Man. I we, we had a lovely evening uh, a, a couple of nights ago with some of our friends and family, and we normally ask a question, so how are you doing? Uh, let's have a conversation. Give us one thing that uh, you're so grateful for. It's a great thing to do, you know, if you did that around the table. One thing that you're grateful for, and, and all of us, were, we were saying all the right things, weren't we? We were saying, because our children are there, we are saying, oh, family. And we meant it from the bottom of our hearts. And then our wives and our husbands, and they, oh, our husbands and wives. And we meant it, because <laughs> it was Friday, and Sunday's coming. But the true answer for most of us, and it started coming out, was we're so grateful for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he, he found us, and He found us, and He changed us. And He lives within us. He is alive. And He is working something in me that I do not understand, but it is for His glory and for my good. It is the Spirit-empowered inner life. God is present in me. The other pillar that comes to mind is that sure certainty, that assurance of our eternal hope, that, that confidence that we get to live because of we, we know who we are, the confidence we get to live a life of eternal significance. 
knowing that in our minds that my, sounds, sounds a bit proud, but that my life counts. That, that my life matters. I'm not a mistake on this fleck of dust in the universe. I, I'm in, I was intentionally found by God. My life matters. In fact, I'll be so bold as to say that I can live out my life with eternal significance that every person, everything around me, creation and those created, will benefit because of the covenant that God has made for me. Will benefit because I chose to drink from this cup. Isn't that amazing? We're like, oh, that's so awkward. It should never be awkward. And then Jesus goes on in Luke 22 and he reads these and he says these words to the disciples. Jesus says, verse 39, uh, it's just writing, it says, Then, accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upper room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. And there he told them, Pray that you will not give in to the temptation to sleep, no doubt. So he walked away about a Stones throw away, and he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, Jesus said, there was another cup in Jesus' hand. The one cup was the cup of the new covenant that he offered you and me. But there was another cup that Jesus had in his hand and that he would have to drink from. He said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened Jesus and he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. In this very moment, we see this amazing picture of Jesus. Jesus full of humanity. The man, Jesus Christ. And he's going like this, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, please do it, because I know it's going to hurt. And then we see Jesus the Son of God, Jesus in his, full in his full divinity. Father, not my will be done, but yours. For us, the cup of the new covenant is a cup of promise. But the cup that Jesus was about to drink was a bitter cup. It had a bitter taste. And it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he chose to drink the cup of suffering for you and me. It didn't mean in him drinking this cup of suffering we would not suffer. It meant that he would suffer for us so that we could be free from the inside out. It was a cup of betrayal. It was a cup of surrendering his will to the will of the Father. He, could, he said, I could have called 10,000 angels to come and intervene at this very moment. And my Father would have done it. But not my will, Lord but your will be done. It was a cup of denial. His friends rejected him. It was that cup of rejection. It was a cup of false accusations. And like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter. It was a cup of misunderstanding. It was also a cup of mockery. It was the cup of abandonment, that cup of suffering that Jesus would drink. It was the cup of God's wrath, the fury of God. Oh, God. If you can take this cup from me, because I know how mad you are. 
It was a cup of faith in God and His promises. That's all that Jesus had at that moment, that the Father can be trusted to bring him back to full resurrection life. When, jo when Jesus chose to drink the cup of suffering, he knew it would hurt, that it would lead him to the road, up the road to the cross, a certain and gruesome death. But he knew that the moment he drank the cup of suffering, you and I would be able to drink the cup of the new covenant. And for us, drinking from this cup meant that we would live when He died. That His blood would be shed and we would be forgiven. That we would be reunited back to our Heavenly Father. That we would be able to be intimate with God again. And that with a Spirit-empowered life, with new beginnings, we would live with a surety and a certainty of our eternal hope. Death no longer has power over us because we are the people of the resurrection. We all have a cup to drink. We all have a life to live. And Jesus Christ is offering us, each of us, to drink from the cup of the new covenant and to live the life of promise when we drink it. But we get to choose, each one of us. And if we take the cup and we drink from the cup, then our choice is a good one. Because you and I will experience all the promises of God coming true to our lives. Blessed assurance is ours when we drink this cup. Even when the pauper hits the fan. And even when life is not fair, and even when we never think we're going to get sick and die or suffer, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. When we drink this cup and you choose to drink the cup of this covenant, remembering that Christ drank a cup of suffering that no one else could drink, and when we drink this cup, we drink new life. <laughs> new life every day. Every minute of the day, new life. That's what the Scriptures say, all things are passed away. All things have become new. Restoration. Are you struggling? Are you struggling to love those people around you? Are you struggling to love that partner? That spouse you've been married to for such a long time? Is there a new one on the horizon, Lord? <laughs> when it's impossible to fix what has to be fixed, when you drink the cup of the new covenant, the promises for you, you will be a person of restoration. God will do it. You have to trust Him. And healing. This is where it starts getting tricky for us, isn't it? But you know, when Jesus went to the cross, His blood was shed, and by His stripes, we are healed. I believe in a God who is able and willing and is true to His promise. And there will not be a day in my life and there should not be a day in your life where you do not believe that God can and that He will. And we will have a go 
and we will have a go until you heal. And if you're not healed, we'll keep having a go because we know Jesus Christ gave us a cup to drink and the cup he drank was for your healing. And there might well be some of you here this morning who say, well, I'm sick and, and God hasn't healed me yet. There is a day and maybe today is that day. And new beginnings, when you drink this cup, there are new beginnings. But you have to choose. And some, I think, have sipped from this cup. And have had moments of fulfillment of what this was really meant to do. But we were never meant to sip. We were meant to glug it down. And maybe a little bit too much would make us a little bit uncertain on our legs. But that's what it's like to be filled with the fullness of God. To be inadequate to live this life. To be inadequate to walk a straight line. But by the grace of God and His power within us, we can live a life of new beginnings. And there's some of us here who are disappointed that life hasn't turned out the way it should. And you should not be disappointed if you've drunk this cup. What you should do is, Lord, I want to keep drinking of this cup and I want a new beginning today because I have the power of God who enables me to do that. Do not be disappointed when life throws lemons at you. God has always had a plan. God's plan for Jesus was always that he would drink the cup of suffering. It was always this cup. But God's plan for you and me was always that we would drink the cup of the new covenant. Has always been. I'm too young, I'm, I'm too old. No such thing. We should be taking every moment we can to live the life that God has given us and blessed us with. And what about new family when we drink this cup? I never knew I would have such a big family. I love you guys. I, we, Leanne and I, we would not know what to do without you. We would be boring, Darby and Joan and Harvey. But God gives us a new family and we don't look like each other and sometimes it doesn't make sense and we don't understand each other. Trust me, go to Brazil. Ish but it's my family. It's where I'm safe. It's where I'm restored. It's where I'm loved. It's where I'm, I'm accepted. It's where I'm forgiven. This is what family is about. You mean that happens here? Yes. It's where I'm not criticized because I make mistakes. It's where I'm accepted regardless of what happens to me. I like that. It's where I'm loved unconditionally when I don't love when I love conditionally. New family. When you drink this cup, you drink resurrection life. Oh man. I don't even think any of us could grasp what that means. Resurrection life in its fullness. Every day. You see, when somebody said to me, oh, it's Easter this weekend, I thought, it's Easter for me every day. <laughs> It's Easter for us every day. We live in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ every single day. It's brilliant. What a brilliant idea, God. Thank you. And eternal life. When I drank this cup, I was petrified to die. I don't know about you guys. But I didn't know what would happen if I died when I was a 14-year-old. 
I remember Leanne telling me her, her perpetual dream of fear falling down a black hole. Just imagine that, a 13-year-old going down, not knowing where. I think all of us have sort of pictures in our minds of what is, what is this eternity like? And the very, I used to do all sorts of weird superstitious things to think if I did this and I did that, then maybe someone who's watching out there who has the ticket for eternal life would pass it on to me. But what happens if I didn't get the lucky numbers? Hey, so I'd do more. I lived in fear. I wouldn't go places. I wouldn't do things. I tried to be good. And I was good, eh? Properly good sinner. And then Jesus found me and he said, Are you not really, but drink this cup. And the moment you drink it, everything you're uncertain about with regards to eternity, you'll be sure about forever. And I drank that cup. And not, I don't know how it worked. But God put His presence in me. This is eternal life. Knowing God and the Son He sent. And the moment Jesus breathed life into me was the moment eternal life exploded in my being. And I knew if I got flattened by the big fat elephant that fell out of the sky, heavenward I would go. You can have a good life and a bad life. You can have a great life or a mediocrity, a mediocre life, mediocre life. But regardless of the life, in Christ, when we drink this cup, we have the best life. A sure life. An eternal life. There is a cup this morning for all of us to drink. It's called the cup of the new covenant. It's a cup of promises. Oh, glug it down. Drink it up. It's for you. Christ paid a price. He drank a cup so that we could drink this cup. Amen. Well, thank you, Misty. So I'd like to pray for you. Would you mind standing? Could you do that?